Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. They're here. Come to Freddy. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. Nobody trusts anybody now. We're all very tired. We'll tear your soul apart. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week. 30 years in the making. <laughs> Welcome to the 30-something movie podcast. It is episode number 269, uh, Leviathan and Shocker. We are going to do two movies this time around because we realized, or I realized at least, that when we got into October, uh, we our schedules got probably a little thrown off. And maybe throwing in the Joker episode kind of messed with some things there. So it's not October anymore for anybody who's counting. Uh, but we did have two movies left for our Halloween month. So we're going to finish those off. And then next week, we're going to get into our first November movie, which will be Abyss. So we'll be getting into that one next week. So this time is Leviathan and Shocker together in the one episode. Uh, tonight, I have with me two gentlemen that may need no introduction, but I'll introduce them anyway. Uh, first of all, I have Patrick Contagallo. Hey, hey. How you doing, Pat? I'm doing well, John. How are you doing? Good. I am, you know, except for the intimidating work meeting that I went to this afternoon that just scared the pants off me. Um, I'm doing fine. Well, that's good. You know, why, why, why was it intimidating? Uh, just there's some, there's some big stuff coming in the educational technology world that is going to cause some stuff. Gotcha. That's the best way I can say it right now. I mean, you work in the district that I am the technology director for. So all I'm going to tell you is by the time you and the rest of the teachers hear about it, I am going to have a plan and it's going to sound a lot less scary. Got it. We'll just Got put it, it that way. So you weren't intimidated by people in the meeting. Oh, you, no. no, no. You no. were intimidated by this thing. I was intimidated by the uh, the wisdom and foresight of the legislation of the great state of Illinois. Gotcha. That is a very good way to put that. Thank you. I, I worked really hard on thinking of what to say for about three seconds. Very nice. Yeah. That yeah. other voice you hear, the dulcet tones, are Bo Lovefest Warmfold. Bo, how are you doing? I'm quite well, John. Good. Quite well. You went to that same meeting I went to, so I'm... I am. I'm ready to sink my teeth into something not dreamed up by our legislative... Mm-hmm. Uh, something something still a little bit monstrous and maybe just as deadly, but not quite not quite as affecting our day-to-day jobs. We'll put it that way. Yes. Like I said, this time around, we got Leviathan and Shocker. Uh, very, very quickly, we spoil movies. We talk movies. We spoil them. We talk freely, so just be aware of that. If you hear a movie that, if we mention the title of a movie and you're like, nope, don't want to hear it, maybe jump ahead 20 seconds or so on your podcast app, wherever you're listening. iTunes reviews, please leave us an iTunes review. We would love to hear from you. Um, A five-star review would be awesome, but an honest review is best. So uh, let us know what you're liking about the show, maybe what you're not liking about the show. We would really, really appreciate that. Um, We were still, I I think, obviously, we've dipped a little bit because 
you know, it's a day-to-day thing. But uh, we were up there pretty high in the rankings in the iTunes film history section, so that was pretty cool. Um, we strive to get back there again. So, you know, I know it's like you have to have many, many downloads every day to stay there. But, um, you know, I think we get our uh, we get our little boost once a week when we have our episodes come out. So, And then visit our website, 30podcast.com. Uh, that is the best way to find all the different ways to listen to our show. So head over to 30podcast.com, and you can find the voicemail line, our letterbox page, all that other stuff you can get from our website. I have some very, very quick movie news things. We can you know, maybe comment on them real fast and then we'll move on to our movies. So very, very quickly, um, I don't know that there's too much commentary to go with this one, but I did see the other day that Ant-Man 3 begins filming in January 2021. Excellent. Are you gentlemen fans of the Ant-Man movies? Heck yeah. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Now, I did see that Paul Rudd... Um, for Halloween, wore what I have decided I will be wearing next year. Yeah. Did you see this picture? I, I did, not. yeah. Okay. So apparently his daughter went dressed as the Wasp from the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. Oh, very nice. And he went dressed as Weird Al. Excellent. So he had like the long-haired curly wig. He carried a little toy accordion with him. He had the Hawaiian shirt, um, the, the full getup, so... I think I've decided that that maybe I might do a, a Weird Al costume next year for Halloween. Mm-hmm. It was, and it maybe was sing some dope. songs. So, All right. Uh, Terminator Dark Fate gets decent reviews, but it bombs at the box office. It had a $29 million opening weekend, which is no bueno for an action movie and a Terminator movie. So did either of you guys get a chance to go see it? No. No, no I have not. I, I wanted to, but I haven't had time yet, so I, I still would like to see it while it's in the I theater, still but... want to, for sure. And, and I've heard people say that, you know, compared with the other Terminator movies, that it is the third best Terminator movie after 2 and 1. Um, mm-hmm. So people seem to really like it, and it seemed to get pretty decent reviews, but it just... People did not go see it. I, well, I'm just going to say, I mean... I... It, it kind of came out now. Maybe I'm not looking at the right circles in the right circles, but it seemed to kind of come out with not a lot of fanfare. Like, mm-hmm. uh, just think of what you guys want uh, saying. Oh, I want to go see it, but didn't get a chance to. Right. And it's kind of like, yeah, like I, I don't know, you know, mid mid October or was it Halloween? I guess that would be end of October, wouldn't it? Yeah, been? actually, it was just this last weekend. Oh yeah, okay. So I mean, you know, you got Halloween and everything going on. Like maybe I, mean, I don't know. Is this a sleeper that? It does sort of feel like they kind of released it on the QT. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly, you know, cause I mean, I'm from the generation of like watching the TV and seeing them put ads on a TV, but it's just like, I, I don't know. It just, it was like, Oh, that's out. Uh, at some point I'm going to have to go see that. You know, I, that was kind of my reaction. All right. Uh, into the spider verse two got a release date. It'll be coming out spring 2022. Uh, did either of you guys get to see the original into the spider verse movie? No, I've heard amazing things, but oh, I was no I have not seen it. It's on it's my list. It's very good. Yeah, we saw it, family saw it. It was like popular with everybody in the family. Yeah. Yeah. Even even family that doesn't like cartoons. Like they thought it was a good movie. So that was good stuff. So I'm looking forward to Into the Spider-Verse 2. Of course, I always love anything that's like an alternate reality type thing, so the more they want to bring in, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. 
Uh, the last thing I've got is Star Wars news. Um, apparently, Ryan Johnson, there's been some news going back and forth about what's going to happen next after uh, after Rise of Skywalker. And Ryan Johnson was originally talking about doing another trilogy or at least one other movie um, after this and, and on you know different characters not following the Skywalker story, but in the Star Wars universe. Some people, I think, thought that that trilogy, trilogy was dead, that it was not going anywhere. Um, and the, the big trilogy that was coming next was the creators or the, the showrunners of Game of Thrones, uh, Benioff and Weiss, that they were, had their next one out. And a lot of people, I think, were really excited about that because I think some people, including myself, figured, well, wait a minute. They got the showrunners from Game of Thrones. If they go back and do like the old Tales of the Jedi comics, which take place like 2,000 years, 5,000 years before the Skywalker stories, that could be really cool to have like a, a cross between Game of Thrones and Star Wars. And safe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but apparently those guys are out. I guess they did some massive deal with Netflix and said goodbye to Star Wars or Star Wars may have said goodbye to them. So. I don't know, and I don't know what's coming next, but you know what I am excited for Star Wars-wise is everything that's coming on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of exciting, huh? Because I keep watching that trailer for The Mandalorian, and yeah. Keeps getting cooler. Mm-hmm. So, I am very excited for that. I'm very excited for the Obi-Wan. I've already said that several times. Very excited for the Obi-Wan series that they're going to do, so... Yeah. Sign I... me up. I am on board. Cool. My only... The only thing that bothers me is now we have another streaming service to manage and deal with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. Between CBS All Access mm -hmm. and Disney Plus and, you know, the the requisite Netflix or Hulu or both. It's just starting to get a little much. Well, and that's something, you know what, we're going to do, we haven't signed up for the Disney Plus yet, but I think what we're going to do is we're going to do the the bundled one where you get Disney plus Hulu and ESPN. Yeah, that's a good one. 12 bucks that's a, a nice month or whatever bundle, it is, yeah. you know, cause we don't have cable. So that would be a nice one for us to be able to get right. our sports and TV shows and all that stuff. I'm, I'm holding off on any decision. And it, unfortunately it means I'm holding off probably till about March. I'm holding off on any large decision about changing my, my television viewing. till I find out what's happening with the new Cubs network. Yeah. Once I find out yeah. where I'll be able to get that, that is going to make some large changes in my that could, house. That could change a few things. Because I've kept cable around mostly for that. Mm-hmm. I can duplicate most of what we do somewhere else, but it hasn't been worth the effort to do so. Yeah. Uh, so my my hope my hope of hopes is that uh, I can duplicate. I can get the Cubs Network on YouTube TV. Because that right. would handle everything else that I'm not currently getting. Right, right. And the unlimited DVR doesn't hurt on YouTube TV. True. <laughs> That's also true. I, I guess I have to look into YouTube TV. Now, is YouTube TV different than that, like YouTube Red and all yes. that kind of stuff? Okay. Although there are bundles where you can get, like, the whole YouTube premium package with the music and the TV and the whatnot. But mm-hmm. YouTube TV, awesome. I did the trial of it. I loved it. I loved everything about it. There were just some things I still couldn't get, and it just wasn't worth it. Interesting. It's only worth it if you can replace something you're already doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, I'll I'll have to look. I'll have to look into that because you know you're always looking for the different thing. And we've got an antenna, Netflix, and what's the other one? The shopping. Oh, Amazon. And it's like that, that gets us by. 
but you know, I'm always kind of on the search for, okay, is this worth it? Cause I mean, as it looks right now, a lot of these new streaming services, it's like, I mean, oh man, I'd love the Mandalorian. I'd love this. I mean, and I'm really like the Picard show. I am, mm-hmm. I'm going like, to figure that one out really quick, but it's like, that's where I'm at because like, I can't personally can't get sucked into, Oh, I'm going to get this streaming service at this streaming like. It's like they got to show me something really special if they want me to switch. So I'm always on the search for, oh, well, what is this option? What is it? You know, just to just to know what's out there. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's I think that's all I got news wise. Do you guys have anything else that you've heard of lately? No, other than the Disney Plus and then the the Apple TV Plus is. I Mm -hmm. watched a show the other day. Some cool stuff on there. Jason Momoa's new series looks good, although I have not watched it yet. I hope to maybe catch some of that tonight. Okay. Um, but the uh, the morning show, not genre at all, nothing really that we would normally discuss. But I mm-hmm. have to say, the first episode of the morning show with Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell was pretty good. Okay. I, I always tend to like the news shows, you know. So since I started college as a journalism major, I you know sure. when I did the. Sure. Um, what was it on Showtime, the newsroom? Oh, so loved, good. Loved that show. That was, for me, that was like, you well, know. Aaron Sorkin West, didn't, you know. Well, right. And and West Wing, West Wing was just awesome. And Sharon loved that because when she was in college, she went into uh, poli sci and that was her thing. And, and I love the West Wing too. But then we get into the newsroom and I'm like, oh, so now we have Aaron Sorkin in journalism. I am on board. Let's do more yeah. of this. So I will no, say we, the morning show, could, show uh, could benefit from some of Sorkin's faster pacing. Okay. Um, but, but that's, you know, not to belabor the point, but I think the ability of these streaming services to not be beholden to network TV norms is just as exciting as the amount of content they were able to deliver. Okay. They can decide that we're going to make an hour of television and we're going to take the time to show these reactions and to show someone sitting in a chair for a minute dealing with what just happened as opposed to having to move on to the next beat. Mm Mm-hmm. And while I think our attention spans, I said, is firm, well, firmly saying that last night I had this problem, aren't tuned to that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, this will help recalibrate it. I, I think it was okay. very interesting the way they chose to take those moments in the morning show when they're dealing with a pretty heavy topic. I, I will say I watched a lot of Smallville, so I'm used to having people just stare at each other for a few oh, minutes before. You know, talking about, you know, as they stare each other out with their teen angst and their everything else. I'm I'm used to that, so I'm I'm pretty good. Oh, then you you will be fine. No teen okay. angst, but uh, okay. adult angst this time. Yeah, around. yeah. When when half of an episode is like quizzical looks or oh, longing yeah. looks or angry looks or oh, yeah. yeah. No, uh, really good with this then. Okay, all right. Last thing I will say before we move on to talking about our movies is I did see that there is an announcement that they are developing a new show for the CW to add to all the superhero shows. It is Superman and Lois. So they are going to be using the... Now, I haven't watched the episodes where they did the crossover this last year from Arrow and Flash and Supergirl and all those, Um, but apparently they introduced a Lois Lane character in those episodes, and I guess the premise of this show is it's going to be the Tyler Hecklin Superman. Um, the one who's been Superman in the Supergirl TV show. Yeah. And he's been really good. Every time we've seen him in it, I I thought he's a great yeah, Clark he's, Kent. Yeah. He's a really good Superman. They're going to add in uh, Lois from the episodes that they did this year. And apparently the premise of the show is going to be Superman and Lois. And they have a, a child who's probably about 10 or so. 
um, which is what they've had in the comics so far. Like that was the, oh, okay. that's that's been the really popular run of Superman for the last few years, is that it's Superman and Lois, and they've got like a ten year old kid, and he oh, is starting to get his powers, and they have to deal with. It's like Superman has to save the world, but he's also a dad. Okay. So it's been kind of a. I, I really liked the Superman comics the last few years. I kind of was as much of a fan as I am. I, it was kind of hit or miss there for a whole bunch of years, but what they've done lately is just. I really like it. So if that's the direction they're going with the TV show, I am on board 110%. Sign me up. Cool. All right. Uh, let's see. Leviathan. Let's do Leviathan first. So um, I'm going to run through the the info on both movies all at once right now. And then we can, I'll start with Leviathan. Then we can um, switch to Shocker at some point, And then we'll just kind of go from there. But uh, so we'll start off with Leviathan. So our first movie tonight was released on the 17th of March, 1989, rated R with a runtime of one hour and 38 minutes, directed by George P. Cosmatos, who died in 2005. He also directed Tombstone, Rambo First Blood Part Two, and Cobra. Uh, producers were Aurelio De Laurentiis and Luigi De Laurentiis. Uh, Luigi died in 1992, and Mario was very sad. Um, Aurelio produced Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Luigi produced Unbelievable Adventures of Italians in Russia. Writers on this one were David Webb Peoples, who did the story and screenplay, and Jeb Stewart, who did the screenplay. Peoples also wrote Blade Runner and Twelve Monkeys. Stewart wrote The Fugitive and Die Hard. Cinematography was done by Alex Thompson, who died in 2007, did the cinematography for Superman and Legend. Music was done by Jerry Goldsmith, who died in 2004. He did many Star Trek movies, Alien, Poltergeist, the Rambo movies, and so on and so on. Budget for this one, $20 million. Box office was 15.7, so it did not make its money back. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 17%. Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it a 26. IMDb gives it a 58%. Letterboxd gives it a 58%. And CinemaScore gives it a C+. Starring Peter Weller as Stephen Beck. He was in the Robocop movies and The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai. Uh, Richard Crenna, who died in 2003, played Dr. Glenn Doc Thompson. He was in the Rambo movies and the Real McCoys TV series. Amanda Pays played Elizabeth Willie Williams. She was in Max Headroom and both of the Flash TV series, the 90s and the new one. Daniel Stern played Buzz Sixpack Parish. He was in the Home Alone movies, City Slickers movies, and the narrator of The Wonder Years. Ernie Hudson, that's a big Twinkie, played Justin Jones. He was in Ghostbusters 1 and 2 and The Crow. Michael Carmine, who died in 1989, played Tony De, De Jesus Rodero. He was in Batteries Not Included and MASH, the movie. Uh, Lisa Eilbacher played Bridget Bowman. She was in Beverly Hills Cop and An Officer and a Gentleman. Hector Elizondo played G.P. Cobb. He was in Pretty Woman, Runaway Bride, and The Princess Diaries. Meg Foster played Miss Martin. She was in They Live and Masters of the Universe. Eugene Lipinski was the Russian ship captain. He was in Superman 2 and The Recruit. And Tom Woodruff Jr. was the lead creature. He was in The Monster Squad, Pumpkinhead, and Alien 3. Uh, next up is Shocker. Shocker came out on the 27th of October, 1989, rated R, with a runtime of 1 hour 49 minutes, directed by Wes Craven, who died in 2015. Uh, he also directed A Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. Producers were Baron Kumar, who died in 1989. Uh, Kumar also produced To Die For. And the other producer was Marianne Madalena, who also produced Scream 2 and Red Eye. Writer was Wes Craven, who also did The Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, and A Nightmare on Elm Street. Cinematography was done by Jacques Heitken, who also did A Nightmare on Elm Street, Maniac Cop 3, and Wishmaster. Music was done by William Goldstein, who did the Fame TV series, An Eye for an Eye, and Forced Vengeance. 
Budget is unknown. Box office was $16.6 million. Reviews for this one. Rotten Tomatoes critics give it a 24%. Rotten Tomatoes audience gives it a 30. IMDb gives it a 55. And Letterboxd gives it a 56. CinemaScore did not have one for this one. Uh, starring Mitch Pileggi as Horace Pinker. Um, is it Pileggi or Pileggi? Does anybody know? Pileggi? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, he was... I think it depends on how Italian he is. That's true. That's true. Uh, he was Skinner in the X-Files movies and TV series, and he was also in Basic Instinct. John Tesh played a TV newscaster. He was also in He Said, She Said, and Eye of the Storm. Michael Murphy played Lieutenant Don Parker. He was in Manhattan and Nashville. Uh, Heather Lagenkamp played, or Lagenkamp played the victim. She was in Nightmare on Elm Street movies and Just the Ten of Us. Uh, let's see. Peter Berg was Jonathan Parker. He was in Chicago Hope and Collateral. Jessica Craven played Counterperson. She was in Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Camille Cooper played Allison. She was in Lawnmower Man 2, Beyond Cyberspace, and Meet the Applegates. Richard Brooks played Rhino. He was in The Crow, City of Angels, and the Law & Order TV series. Sam Scarber played Cooper. He was in Over the Top and The Karate Kid. Ted Raimi played Pac-Man. Uh, he was in Twin Peaks, Ash vs. Evil Dead, and Midnight Meat Train, because that's just fun to say. And uh, Brent Spiner played talk show guest, uncredited. He was in Star Trek The Next Generation and the Independence Day movies. Here are the trailers for both movies, and we'll be back in just a second. It was an experiment that tampered with nature's most basic laws. It went terribly wrong. It was buried five miles down. Now, a crew of undersea miners is about to stumble upon this terrifying secret. Shack to seven. What's going on out there, Williams? My God, are you picking this up? Look at that. Leviathan. Currently with the Russian fleet in the Baltic Sea. Currently it's rusted junk and we're looking at it. What's your air reading? 20 minutes. Do something quick. I've lost him. My crew's in jeopardy. But you have no proof. I'm ordering you to start an emergency medical evacuation. What if it turns out to be nothing? Oh, it's already killed one man. Finally, please stop. I'm losing compressed. I can't breathe. Whatever got six-pack and Bowman, it's still here. I feel something. Somebody's alive in here. What's going on? Six-pack. Six-pack, answer. <laughs> What are you trying to tell us, Doc? It absorbs the intelligence of its victims. Thank goodness you're still alive. When are you coming? I say we protect ourselves. We are here today to bear witness to the execution of Horace Pinker whose unspeakable atrocities have horrified the people of this great state. He stands convicted of 52 counts of aggravated assault, 23 counts of armed robbery, and 37 counts of murder in the first degree. 
prisoner have any final words? Yeah. No more Mr. Nice Guy. I don't think he's dead. Now, Wes Craven brings you his greatest creation. No Shocker. All right, so starting with our first movie, uh, first one we're going to talk about is Leviathan, and we may you know, kind of blend some of this a little bit together as we go through them. So uh, Leviathan, I have some questions. As I mentioned before, I've, I've taken some questions and kind of adapted them from a book, and I, I did order a copy of the book, so I'm, I'm going to read that book and maybe get some more questions out of it. Um, but the book is called Focused, The Art and Soul of Cinema. And so I, I have some questions that I want to use to kind of uh, be consistent in, in some of our movie talks as we're as we're going forward so i have some questions for you gentlemen tonight so first of all in watching leviathan how did this movie make you feel and you can even think about a couple of follow-up questions to that uh maybe in terms of how it made you feel what worked well and what didn't work well for you so Bo, when you watch this one how do you feel it creeped me out <laughs> it it, it, it definitely triggers me a little uh, water and dark water that you can't see through have always freaked me out um so it uh it definitely triggered me that way i have a i have a reoccurring nightmare about sharks it's a whole thing so it kind of spooked me until comma (laughs) until you saw the creature (laughs) well yeah until it got silly and you started to see people's faces kind of half in the creature mm-hmm. and then it just got goofy and and yeah <laughs> it got real b movie creature effecty and then the scary yeah. went away and i was like okay yeah it, it well cuz you've got like the the faces in the creature you, they've done that in um didn't they do that in one of the versions of, or was it that maybe the old original version of uh, Little Shop of Horrors? Yes. And they did it in one of the um, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Uh-huh. And they did it, I feel like, much better in those movies. So I think you're right. I mean, I think yeah, for me too, it was it was when you got to the creature effects, it just was not. It very much looked like a large, slimy, rubbery suit. So what worked well for you in this movie? If that didn't work well, what did work well for you? Was it the fact that you were creeped out by the, you know, yeah, the, yeah, the, the underwater part? Stuff, the early underwater stuff was good. I think um, they did a really good job of being able to show us the people working in the suits, but still let us see the actors. Um, I think the cast helped a lot. I mean, you've mm-hmm. got... For, <laughs> for the B-movie feel of this movie... You know, you're you're starting off with Peter Weller and Richard Crenna. That's not exactly, you know, you're not exactly starting with B-movie stars. Hector Elizondo's halfway down the list, but he's pretty good. Um, you bring some comic relief with Ernie Hudson. He was hysterical, especially at the end. You know, if Ghostbusters was R-rated, I feel like, uh, you know, some of the lines from this movie could have been dropped right in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... And the the, uh, the homage to Die Hard at the end with Peter Weller was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of you know 
a lot of solid stuff here. It just veered into B-movie monster maybe a little too much. It might have benefited from less is more. Don't show us the monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just show us the tentacles, maybe. You know, don't don't do it. Resist the urge. You know, keep the suspense up other ways, I feel like. Yeah. I liked about- it more than I thought I was going to. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll say that. What about you, Patrick? Yeah, I you know what? I, I agree with the points that you guys made. I, I mean, um the beginning part, the, the you know, the how did it make me feel? It was creepy. Just because I always get like eerie of okay, what's the unseen disease that you know? I mean, I'm not a I'm not a germaphobe um, by any stretch. Um, well, I suppose there's people that like don't care as much as I you know that would call me that. But I mean, I'm I uh, you know I'm not like I don't need to live in a bubble. But you know, just any of that stuff. Twelve monkeys, um, the the new planet. Well, the Planet of the Apes, uh, this latest trilogy when they describe that. Um, Okay, we're going to wait for spoilers. Planet of the Apes. Is everybody okay? So, in in the the first of the tri- trilogy for Planet of the Apes, when they you guys have seen it, right? Jeez, I don't. Okay, when they're when they're sitting there and they're showing the disease and it spreads, and the end of it is just that like graphic that shows the disease spreading around the world. It's that kind of stuff that just. You know, that, that's like, ah, you know, that'll get me. So this idea that, okay, how is this spreading? Why is this spreading? What is going on? And, you know, that's kind of what creeped me out the most. Um, and then I, I fall right into uh, what Bo, um, I fall right into what Bo was, and, and John, both of you guys were saying where it was just like, but then once you get, got past that, then it just became, um, uh, then it just became, you know, silly. That that was gone, and then it was like, okay, the monster's out there, and we got to take care of it. And honestly, I kind of felt like it was an alien ripoff. Yeah, John had said the same thing today. Yeah, that was probably my. If if I'm thinking about what didn't work well, like how did this movie make me feel? Mm-hmm. I Bo and I were talking earlier today about this, and I said, you know what, it it made me feel like 20 minutes into this movie, I, not even halfway through 20 minutes into this movie. I kind of was sitting there going, you know what? I wish I could just go watch the original alien because that's what this movie is. And it, I, I felt like, I felt like part of this movie, I, Bo, I think this is how I told you earlier. I said, I felt like this movie, the, the people who were making it just sat there and said, Hey, you know what? It's been 10 years since they made the alien with Sigourney Weaver. I bet nobody remembers that. Let's go make the same thing, but underwater. And that, I mean, because this movie, there are so many times where this movie feels like it is a direct copy of Aliens. So much of it is like a direct copy. You know, they go, they go out in their suits that look like space suits. It just happen to be underwater. You know, that something happens to one of them or they, they discover something, they bring it back with them. It happens to be infected. It just happens to be vodka instead of an egg. So you could decide whether you want to, you know, is alcohol good, alcohol bad, eggs are good, eggs are bad. Um, you know, that kind of a thing, but they bring it back, they get infected by it. It starts spreading to other people on the ship and it's more viral than alien. But at the same time, you, you look at the crew and you look at how they interact with each other and you look yes. at the, the beats of, you know, we're all, um, you know, somebody's going to be in the infirmary now and we're going to try to study this thing. And there's a doctor who maybe seems like he might know more about this than he should. And, He's kind of creeping around and he'll betray everybody in the end is exactly like the Ash android and alien. 
So there's just so much of this movie in terms of the what didn't work for me. I'm not sure that I did enjoy this movie. There were moments as it got to the end and they were trying to escape their uh, their their ship or their base or whatever you want to call it. Um, some of that stuff was a little okay, but I think the, the B-movie feeling, like you said it, Bo, I think that outweighed a lot of the fun parts for me. And I just kind of, I kind of lost it there towards the end. Was it funny when he, you know, made, you know, had his line and what did he say? He said, say, ah, and then I'm, I won't finish it, but, um, yep. and say then ah, the, uh, yeah. And then threw the grenade in the thing's mouth and exploded. They just, it, I think it got to the point where I just was, I just was like, you know what? I, it, it's alien. It's just trying to copy alien and I can't get past it. Cause I love alien. One of my favorite movies ever. And I'm having a hard time getting past it. And so I'm having a hard time enjoying this one because I look at this creature and I'm like, oh man, there's that, it's just not, it didn't seem like there was a consistent design to the creature. It seemed like every time you saw it, it looked totally different. And, and then part of it was just the logic of the whole thing too, was, you know, if you have a scene where a tentacle gets chopped off and that can somehow regenerate an entire creature on its own, then I don't know, you, you shove a grenade in this thing's mouth at the end of the movie and you say, you know, say, ah, and you blow it to pieces. Who's to say that now those like 152 pieces that are floating around the ocean are not going to create a whole bunch of little creatures that are going to spread. And then all suddenly one day kill all of humanity. Right. So maybe, you know, maybe there's a Leviathan too that never got made, but I don't know. It's just some of that stuff. It, it was, it was a little, it was a little inconsistent in its own rules and mythology. And, and I don't know. I just, I always liked, that was one of the things I always liked about the alien movies is there were some rules. You know, you had an egg, you had a face hugger. The face hugger gets onto a person, it implants the alien. Eventually, you know, a little while later, the alien's going to burst out through the chest. It's going to grow. It's going to do this. It's good. And it was, it had a, you know, kind of a consistency to it, but not so much that you weren't scared or surprised or, or any of those things. And I just didn't get that from this movie. Now, what did work well for me was the interactions with the crew. Like, I thought that was great. Either they did like, like you were saying this, this is a, a stellar cast of people. You know, this isn't your B movie cast of people. These are some good actors and they, they worked really well together. Like there was the writing and the dialogue and the way that they delivered their lines. It was very natural. You know, I, I pictured this as I didn't picture these people as acting out a movie. Whereas in a B movie, you can pretty much tell that they are actors in a movie. This, I felt like I was just watching something happen in front of me. And so that part of it, the way they all interacted with each other, that was great. So I was, I was totally fine with that part, really liked their characters, but when it came to the meat of this movie with the creature and, and everything else, I was just like, eh, I just want to go watch alien. And all I could think about the whole time was the abyss for next. Well, there you go. Which, which I told you before, I still haven't seen yet. So I, that's, which is, which blew me away. You're going to love mm -hmm. it. Okay. Yeah. This is great. I'm looking, I'm looking forward for, I'm looking forward to next week for that one. All right. So if this film was trying to teach us something, what do you think it was? Don't and go I, into a Russian ship that's been sitting on the bottom of the ocean for years. <laughs> no, I, I think it's the classic. Don't, you know, don't go meddling where you don't belong and, and, mm -hmm. you know, test stuff before you open it up to the, 
masses. What, don't what drink was the what was the doctor's what was the doctor's Latin phrase? It was don't. Uh, I'll, I'll paraphrase it. Don't mess with nature. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was some big social message in this one. It was just a situation that just kind of worked for this specific movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, I kind of felt like they, if they were trying to, and, and that's another part where I, and I know I'm going to keep harping on this, but um, where it just seemed like it was trying to copy Alien was you have the evil company that seems to know more about what's going on with this than they're letting on, and they're willing to have their workers be expendable um, so that they can get this technology or this organism or whatever it is. And I'm like, that's straight out of Alien. Like the, the company that you can't trust because right. they just want this for their you know, bioweapons division or whatever. And yeah. So I, if it was something like that, then I'm like, you know what? I, it, it's already been done. So let me ask that question. Let me see if I didn't, did I miss a, a, a hint here or do we think that the company knew there was something down there or do we think that they were just, oh, they're sick, we're going to leave them to die because that's just better for us. Well, I felt like the company knew that there was something down there because they started on that, you know, we can't come get you because there's a hurricane thing pretty early on. I know, that's what I was trying to figure out. And and come to find out there was no hurricane. Probably there was no hurricane the entire time. So, I don't know, That's to me, that started early enough that if they were just saying, oh, well, they're sick, we're going to leave them, um, I, I, I got the sense that maybe the company knew that there was already something going on down there and, and maybe that they sent them there as a way, um, you know, to try to collect this organism or to, you know, bring it back up or whatever it might be. But I also don't think that that thread was, was teased out enough from the writing and the script. And Yeah. And I felt they, you know, they left that thing hanging about the fact that there's another ship called the Leviathan. Mm-hmm. I feel like they could have done something with that too. Right. Well, and even the way they treated the company. I mean, the the company was was always like, you know, the the company hovered all over all the alien interactions, right? Like, and it would morph and and you know, the, in, in in alien, the company was what kind of put up there. Aliens, the company was sending them back, and whoever the one guy was. Uh, who's in Mad About You, what was his name? Paul Reiser. Paul Reiser, yeah. Paul Reiser was supposed to be kind of like, yeah, don't worry, I'm on your side. But not really. I mean, the company, it was always the company. It was just morphing into uh, a different form that was causing the main character problem. In this, the company was, like, responsible for it, but they just became a punchline. Like, mm-hmm. and he slugs the girl right in the face, and that was it. And it was just like, well, okay, that feels good from the bullheaded... 14 year old perspective yeah but i mean that's not like okay so now now we're done here i mean like this company is not this big you know all controlling entity and everything you know you know what i'm saying like they diminished it made it a punchline i mean even even aliens you get this claustrophobic feeling of even when she's back she's still you know in the company office she's still in the company apartment it's all just a very claustrophobic. It, it feels like there's this, this big, big brother. And this it ends in a seascape. So you feel completely free and open and all this kind of thing. I guess, well, and and I will jump in on that for a second because when he punched her at the end of the movie, I had a really hard time with that. 
like that made me feel really uneasy and I, and I don't know if that's just 2019 me um I don't think so but that uh, as much as as much as I'm like you know what down with the company she's a horrible person she almost got them killed you know you lock her up and send her away somewhere and I, all that stuff but when he punches her in the face then I'm like dude no that's not cool I don't know. Yeah. Something about that. I'm just like, I'm, and it's, you know, I, I don't want that to come across as, you know, sexist or, or anything like that. But I'm like, you just, you don't, you don't hit a woman in the face. You don't punch her in the face. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things you don't do, but you don't just ball up your fist and punch a woman in the face. And it's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that because, um, uh, uh, we just went to, uh, what's it called? Jurassic world live, the Jurassic world live tour. Have okay. Jurassic World Live. Oh, hello? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Just I'm not sure if you guys have heard of Jurassic World Live, um, but it's very cool and it blends animatronics with people in dinosaur costumes and kind of like a fun, you know, Jurassic World kind of offshoot story. And they're adventuring around islands. There's special effects i mean there's literally dudes on dirt bikes doing stoppies and wheelies and i mean it's it's a fun show especially with the kids it was it was really it was fun yeah. um but they also have some uh you know staged fights and they get a, so there's a little something in there for everybody and there's like you know some martial arts stuff and there's some uh people get, get knocked off the you know and falling on crash pads and I mean, it's cool okay let me get to the point the, one of the end sequences and I'm going to pause again for spoilers in case someone's listening to this with kids and they're going to be seeing Jurassic World in the next week. Spoilers for the Jurassic World live tour. Okay, you've been warned. One of the big fight things is a climactic thing. The main character is uh, uh, female and the main bad guy is male. And they get into a fight and there's like straight up like they're, she's, getting, she's getting punched in the face and she turns around and kicks him. And then, I mean, it's just straight up, they're going at each other. And it's funny because I was watching this and, and nothing was, I, I mean, over the top because, I mean, she gave as good as she got and, and all that. But I kind of looked at that and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. Hmm. Not that I disprove because, like, I'm sitting right next to my daughter and I want her to be like, yeah, cheer for the girl. It's not like, you know, I mean, you know, that was all good. But it's funny because that was like the same thing. I mean, she was getting, she was getting like, I mean, she would spin kick him and then all of a sudden he'd slug her right in the jaw and put her down. And I mean, it was like, whoa. No, it's like See for see for me that would be a little bit different. Like I was thinking okay. about when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know what? What was a there was a, a movie that I saw was it last year? Might have been more longer ago. But um, did you, you guys ever see the movie Atomic Blonde? Yeah, with Charlize Theron. Yeah, yeah. That was either a year ago or a couple years ago now. And in that one, she gets. I mean, she's kind of a James Bond type character, and she just gets into this. Uh, Charlize Theron gets into this just knockdown drag out brutal fist fight and just kicking and scratching and biting and clawing and punching and just brutal fights. Uh, that's one of the things about that movie is just the fight scenes are just intense. Um, and to me, like I watched something like that and I'm like, Hey, you know what? She's given as good as she gets. This one was, a, it was just, a, it was a sucker punch. And I think that's where I have a problem with it. I'm like, this is not two equal combatants going at each other with the expectation that they're going to have a fight. 
Um, it's, she's just walking along and, and so she's a company goon and she's a horrible human being, but he just sucker punches her in the face. And I don't know. I just had a really hard time with, I had the hard time with the context of that one. If they were like in your case, Pat, if it was like two warriors going at each other and one happened to be male and one happened to be female, so be it. This one, it just, as soon as that happened, I was like, Oh no, 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 no. That's. That feels very wrong down in the gut. All right. Um, do you think this movie would cause you to take any kind of action or live differently after you've watched it? I I, I know that I'm going to go reappreciate my uh, Alien Blu-ray a little bit more. Yeah, it's going to tell me not to take a job in underwater mining. Not that I was thinking about doing it, but right? still. It's the same reason I'm never going to space. There you go. Not that I could pass any of the physical requirements but you know details details i'm i'm right there with you the only thing i have is like some joke in this movie yeah i mean that's that's kind of all i got yeah uh would you watch this movie again Eh, i suppose if i was clicking around completely bored out of my mind and there was absolutely nothing else on but i'm thinking an hour of the history channel might be more exciting than this Mm -hmm. a second time through so I would yeah. say no. Yeah, I I'd say no. I mean, eh, yeah, I was not, I was not, uh, I was not impressed. No, I think the only time I'm rewatching this one, if it's like 20 years from now and it's on like grandson of Svenguli, then ah, uh, there you go. Then then I'll watch it. But Mystery Science Theater. There you go. There you go. Mystery Science Theater four thousand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they're still. Oh yeah, they're still making them. Yeah, yeah, Netflix, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. And it's just. All right. Well, I think it's probably time to switch over to Shocker. So let's switch over to Shocker now. So same questions. Let's start with this one. Uh, so this one, the Wes Craven movie Shocker. A little bit of quick background for this. When the Nightmare on Elm Street movies were not doing so well, Wes Craven said, "Hey, you know what? Um, I kind of want to start a new thing because they kind of messed up my Freddy movies and they kind of turned them into a joke." So. You know, let me start something new. So I think that's why you see a lot of similarities between the character of Freddy and the character of Horace Pinker. Um, there's and there's a lot of stuff in this movie. Now, in the one we just talked about, Leviathan, I you know I, I I kept saying it's Alien. It's basically Alien, but it's not as good, and it's underwater instead of space. This movie, there were a lot of things that as I'm watching, I'm going, you know what? That's very much Nightmare on Elm Street. That's really that's Freddy. That's almost Freddy Krueger. A lot of stuff. But this time I didn't have a problem with it because I think I was having more fun with this movie. So to answer the initial question, uh, first of all, basically what we've got here is we've got a, a kind of a serial killer and uh, he's going on a killing spree. And somehow this uh, this high school kid who's a football player seems to dream about the killer and, and knows where he's going to be uh, when he's finally caught and he's about to be executed. We see him in a jail cell and he is performing some kind of satanic ritual. Uh, and electrocuting himself, I'm trying to somehow get electrical powers or, or whatever it might be. Um, little did he know, all you have to be, do, all you have to do is be bitten by an electrical spider, and then it's all going to be totally fine. Um, but then, then he continues to go on a killing spree. But now he has the ability to transfer from body to body and through electrical currents and things like that. So, um, and come to find out that the high school kid, the football player, is his son. Um, from back when he had killed his wife and I think two other kids 
were in the family. He had killed them and, and the son was the only one left because he had picked up a gun and shot his father in the knee. Um, and years later, he's now coming back to try to get the boy. So that's that's the basic premise of Shocker. Um, we'll start off with the first question. How did it make you feel? I really had a lot of fun watching this one. I had never seen it before. Um, I, I tend to like some of Wes Craven's movies. Now, I, I haven't seen a lot of them. So my basis for comparison is basically Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. So I really haven't seen too many of his movies. But I, I mean, I've seen a little bit of the Nightmare on Elm Street series, a few of them here and there. But um, I had a lot of fun with this one. Like I, the whole premise of it, it just it it didn't take itself too seriously. So it was a little bit like the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff in that way. There were a few things here and there where I was like, ah, you know what? I, it's not as scary. Like there was some stuff. It was suspenseful or it was. Uh, gruesome, but it wasn't as scary as the Nightmare on Elm Street. So that part didn't work for me. I, I wasn't scared at all by this movie. But the part that I think did work well for me was the way that it very much in the same way they started to do with the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. I thought the visual effects for this were awesome. Like for a 1989 movie, yeah. what they were able to do visually and the idea of passing through the like the TV world and 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 just the kind of whole the whole story of this and how they kind of drew out that story and, and, and what was, what it was going to take to stop him and, and how they did their battle towards the end of it. Um, that part I thought was pretty cool. So I, I really enjoyed this one. I agree. I enjoyed it as well. Um, and I'll speak from the, I, you know, don't see horror movies and all that kind of thing. It's like a well thought out, well written story, special effects. Uh, I used to really like that when they were battling through the different television programs. Uh, you know, and I laughed out loud with the guy, and I mean, I knew it was coming, but when the guy was, the newscaster's like, and the, you know, we've seen the bad guy, and he seems to be getting into a titanic battle in several proven, and then all of a sudden they bust through and they're fighting on his news desk. Um, you know, I just, I laughed. I mean, that was, that was fun stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it. Yeah, it was, it was fun in that horror movie fun kind of way, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely held my attention even though there were some spots where it definitely decided to drag on me mm-hmm. um but then something interesting would happen you know alice cooper would show up on screen yeah right. know, it, was, it was brent spiner showed up on my screen mm-hmm. I'm like, whoa 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 you know things like that keep you interested in a movie that might be running a little long mm-hmm. um, yes very much agree I really thought it was interesting, those points that Alice Cooper was making about the history of Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yes. Exactly. The good land. Yes. I just, I think they did a really good job putting it together. I think for 1989, the effects were great. You know, an interesting take on the, on the, on the genre, if I Mm -hmm. do say so myself. Yeah. Do you feel like, so, so. One of our other questions, if this film was trying to teach us something, what was it? Now, I, I almost want to kind of reword that because I don't know that too many horror movies are trying to teach us anything. I think yeah. they're just trying to scare the pants off us. Don't go in there. That's do, what the mm, horror movies no, are and to Don't teach go in there you. and don't watch TV, I, I guess, is right. this one. but Don't go in there. So is there is there some kind of, because you know, sometimes you do, sometimes you have horror movies that have a social message to them. Um, was there anything in this movie that other than we're going to find creative ways to scare you, was there anything that you felt like you could pick up on and say, well, maybe they're trying to get across this message. I, 
I didn't, I didn't quite notice that anything. I'll tell you what, and, and this might be a tangent, but you, you can put this on hold. I felt like I'd seen this before. This plot, this steward, like it was, it was like Biff in the future, back to the future. There's something very familiar about all this. Mm -hmm. To the point where, and I know I haven't seen it before, but like to the point where it's like, oh yeah, this is what's going to happen next. And oh yeah, I can totally see, like, he's going to do something and he's going to come back and be able to jump from bottom. Like, I don't know if it's a television show or a, or something. I feel like I've seen like this before, you know, like another version of this. So I'm just throwing that out there. Right. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It wasn't, it wasn't a Freddy Krueger movie because I saw the parallels there. But like I said, there's something about this. I'm like, I've seen this before. Like, yeah. that's really weird. So anyways, but back to your question. I, I really didn't see much in the way of a social commentary. Did you? No, not, not from this one. I, you know, I don't know that you, I don't think you get, I don't think Wes Craven is too much into social commentary or at least with some of his movies, I, maybe with Scream. I think maybe Scream might have a little bit of a commentary in there, but um, yeah, I, I didn't, unless I just didn't pick up on it. And, and admittedly I was kind of, I had run out of time to watch this movie. So I was kind of like watching it last minute while doing other things. And um, you know, I, I just finished it earlier today. So there may have been some stuff that I missed uh, in not getting to just like sit down and watch it without any other distractions, but no, I can't think other than uh, if you happen to be the abandoned son of a serial killer run away. Right. Yeah. I, other than that, it's, I think with these movies, it's, it's just the basic, we're going to find ways to terrify you and the uh, villain is going to come at you and he's going to be relentless and you just need to survive. Mm-hmm. So I, maybe it's, maybe it's that YouTube kid that is, you know, inspiring us to ride the bicycle and just believe in yourself and you can do it. Maybe that's the message, but I, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Would you watch this one again? Sure. Yeah, I think I might. It's not one that you can watch right again, right away again, just because, mm -hmm. well, you know what's about to happen. So that makes it harder. But Yeah. I think I would. I mean, especially especially since I didn't get a chance to really just sit down and watch it, I would like to watch this one again because um, I know that there were stretches of time where I was I had it playing while I was working on other things, and um, or I had it playing at least the audio playing in the car while I was driving home and uh, stuff like that. So there are definitely some stretches that I I missed the visuals, and and this movie is a very visual movie, so I, I definitely would like to go back and just sit down and give it my full attention and and watch it. Um, you know, give, give it a second chance there. What I really, really liked was getting to see Skinner from the X-Files, but not like super straight laced, super serious, no emotion. Mm -hmm. Like that was fun. This is the only other thing that I can think of, um, that I have seen him in. I've seen basic instinct, but I don't remember what he was in that movie, but just to see him as like a crazed serial killer, that was kind of fun. Because mm -hmm. I'm used to seeing him as the as the Skinner character in the X Files, and he's very straight laced. He's very, you know, everything's by the book, everything's this, and and in this one, he was more like a Freddy Krueger kind of character. Right. You know, he's he's got the quippy one liners. He's you know, this crazed killer trying to you know, just murder as many people as he can, and yeah. yeah. So it was kind of fun to get to see him in a different way. I'm going to tell you what cracks me up. Is whenever you get these crazed ghost serial killers and all this kind of stuff, when they when they start swearing, 
that makes me laugh. And I don't know why, but it's like laugh out loud funny. Mm-hmm. And I remember that a little bit with Freddy. Well, Freddy Krueger, I don't know. I, I, something about this when he's chasing the guy down and he calls him an, an a-hole. Mm-hmm. That makes me laugh. I don't know why, because I, I just, that's just funny to me. It's sort of like, okay, well, you're in the spirit world now. We're in the spirit world now, Chavez. But I mean, it's like, I, why Why would you be swear? Like, I don't know why, but that just cracks me up. Yeah. When, the, when, the, when the bad guys like that are swearing. I just, it just makes me laugh. Yeah. All right. Well, are we ready for our combined five questions here? I want to play a game. What's your favorite scary movie? Well, were they psychos? They look like psychos? Is that what they look like? They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a f- how crazy they are. Please, mister, this is insane. Boy, the next word that comes out of your mouth better be some brilliant because it's definitely getting chiseled on your tombstone. Five questions. All right, so... Uh, so not 10 questions this time, just five for these two movies. So we've kind of mixed them up just a little bit. So question number one, what is your favorite movie where possession, uh, so someone being possessed either by the spirit or the soul or the whatever of someone else, what is your favorite possession themed movie, show, or story? And I already know mine, so I'll go ahead and do mine. Mine is probably, um, although I love a good, you know, Star Trek three, um, you know, any of the, uh, the exorcist is a great horror movie, but the one I'm going to go with is one that I, I don't feel like a ton of people know about. And I don't remember how I came across this movie, but I have it on DVD. I remember really enjoying it back when I first got it and I'd watch it a lot. Um, back in high school is the movie fallen with, I think it's Donald Sutherland, John Goodman and Denzel Washington. Have either of you guys seen that one? It doesn't ring a bell. Oh, it's, it's good stuff. I'll, if you want it, I'll let you borrow it sometime. Basically what it is, is, uh, Denzel Washington is a detective or a cop. I think Donald Sutherland is his boss and John Goodman, I believe is his partner. And the premise of the movie is he put away a serial killer and the serial killer was being executed. So very similar to this movie. And and I almost feel like that movie might've gotten some beats from this movie, uh, because the serial killer then is uh, going to be executed. And what you find out is this serial killer, he, um, he whistles, uh, uh, what was the song? Time is on my side by the Rolling Stones all the time. So it's like his favorite song or something. So he's constantly singing or whistling this song. And when he's executed, you find that his spirit leaves his body and it can inhabit anyone else who's nearby. And come to find out that the person who was executed was not really a serial killer, but this was a demon who has the ability to inhabit any body that he touches, or if the body happens to die, then he will, he has like 20 seconds to find another body somewhere nearby and inhabit it. So you have the, my, one of my favorite parts in the movie is you have this scene where Denzel Washington's character, um, kind of realizes what's going on. So it's, it's this movie that has kind of a spiritual aspect to it uh, with the demon possession part, but it's also like a crime drama uh, mystery type movie. And you have this scene where Denzel Washington is chasing who he thinks is, or who is possessed by this demon into the street. 
And all of a sudden, the demon touches someone else and it passes to that person. And that person starts whistling, time is on my side. And they touch another person and they stop whistling and the next person starts whistling. And it's just, there's some creepy moments with how that play, with how that's played out. And it's just, it's, it's really cool the way that they do it. Nice. But it reminds me a lot of some of the stuff I saw in this movie. And obviously I, I saw Fallen first, but um, knowing that this movie came out probably close to 10 years before Fallen, I, I look at that and I go, oh, okay. I, I can kind of see I, the people who made Fallen were probably fans of this movie. So do you guys have a favorite possession themed movie? I'm going to let Bo go first because I don't want to accidentally steal his stuff. Okay. Oh, and I, and I, I, will not, I will not accept the movie Possession starring Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay, I'm out. Okay. <laughs> so I had I had two really. Um but I'll say one and then I'll come back to the other one if Pat doesn't take it. Um But uh Evil Dead. Yeah. Is is one of mine. Um it's just a good uh good old fashioned everybody's possessed off and on, you know? We will swallow your soul. Yeah, just like that. Come get some. Yes. Uh, what was your What was your number two, Bo? Well, it's sort of out there, but Spaceballs, right at the end. Hello, my baby. Uh, the, oh Hello, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Nice. Well played. Okay. Here's here's my dilemma, guys. Mm-hmm. Here's my dilemma. Um, I okay. You don't watch these movies. <laughs> I don't watch these movies. So mm-hmm. I'm, here's my list, right? Okay. Temple of Doom. Okay. Nice. Temple of Doom is up there. I mean, you know, I want to love Indiana Jones movies. So that easily went on there. Um, and then I'm like, wait a minute. The Matrix. I mean, if oh, you yeah. think about it, the agents can jump in and out of the agents sure. can jump. And, and again, the spoilers. Wait a minute, hang on. A bunch of you guys haven't seen the Matrix. John, did you see Matrix? Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, no, I've, I've seen him many times. That's got to be I'll, Jeff that hasn't seen it. Cause... Okay, I, I knew Jeff, but cause no, no, I've seen. Yeah, no. you've seen all the. Okay, because oh, yeah. I just want, so there's no chance of me spoiling anything. Oh no, 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 no. Okay, well then, when uh, Agent Smith gets out of the Matrix. I thought that was really cool when he hmm. comes out of the matrix and possesses the one guy. Um, so like that works. So, I mean, I, I was going to put matrix up there. Yeah. Um, but I have to be honest with you. I'm just going to list every single star Trek series and some of the movies. There you go. Cause I, I mean, I, and I tried, I did, I went to lists of episodes. I can't pick a favorite each one that the way they do that is creepy and it works, and it's all a little bit different. Whether it's an alien entity that, you know, what is it they found in the one they found the Paxons that were incredibly um, uh, um, xenophobic, and they had to wipe everybody's memory, and they talked by possessing uh, Troy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah, there were all sorts of possessions in, in Star Trek, especially it seemed like the next generation. People liked to get taken over mentally a lot. But, but think of Deep Space Nine. When they found that one capsule, do you remember? They found that True. one capsule and, and like they all started exhibiting signs of it was, what was it? It was like a, it was a Klingon ship, wasn't it? Or something that they found, it came through the wormhole and it was pirouetting through space or it came through the wormhole and it decloaked and blew up. And then there was some kind of a virus that got on board and then each 
each uh, person on board would exhibit signs. Remember, Cisco just sat in his office making clocks. Yeah. Um, oh, that one was that one was unbelievable. Voyager had it where they went to the one planet and the war memorial. If you came within distance, it would like take your mind and put you back in the story to tell about the massacre. Mm-hmm. Remember that one? I mean, that was like, and then these guys were like, they had this post-traumatic stress disorder because, um, uh, you know, they were brought into the story. I mean, that was amazing. Um, you, you remember, you know, I guess it wasn't quite possession, but you remember the probe that hit Picard and brought him oh, in yeah. and, and it encapsulated the whole culture. I mean, and honestly, I mean, you mentioned like uh, search for Spock, um, you know, like, I mean, I suppose this is a stretch, but the worms and wrath of Khan that cause you to like be very suggestible. Okay. And then, um, well, you know, Voyager or not Voyager, but V'ger. I mean, didn't V'ger turn the one, um, Ilani or whatever her name was, it turned her into the, you know, it did that whole thing. Um, basically the board collective is one whole big, you know, like zombie type takeover thing. And I'm going to go all the way back to the one that I still like it's dark and I cannot watch this episode, but do you remember the original series? The, um, uh, what was it? The, the, the killer among us or whatever the heck it is, but they go and, uh, they find, um, uh, they, Scotty is accused of murder mm-hmm. because the lights went out and he had the knife in his hand, but then all of a sudden they find it was the other guy. But then when they examine it, it was Jack the Ripper from earth. And Jack the Ripper was some entity that was traveling around space that was an incredible story oh my god it was incredible and i mean i remember seeing that as a kid and you know what i'm like now is a slightly older kid i saw that when i was like eight or nine years old i didn't sleep for a month i mean that totally terrified me um so i'm sorry this is the five questions and i'm just going off but i just find what star trek has done on and all their different episodes and all their different everything um, I, I just find it fascinating. I just, I just find it's awesome. Right on. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love all of them. Sorry, guys. I got excited. No, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. That's that's what we're here for. Excitement. I know. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So, favorite Wes Craven movie. Question number two. Favorite Wes Craven movie. I'm probably going to have to go with the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Like I said before, I haven't seen a ton of his movies. Um, I, I know of a lot of them. I've seen bits and pieces of some of them. But of the ones that I've watched all the way through and could tell you enough about the movie to sound knowledgeable, it would have to be either Nightmare on Elm Street, Shocker, or Scream. And I did just watch Scream for the first time a few weeks ago. And I really enjoyed it. I, I never watched any of that series before they came out. And I wanted to continue watching the series. But apparently... The only ones that were available on the streaming services that I subscribed to were Scream 1, 3, 4, 5. Apparently 2 was missing, or 2 was not on the service that I happened to subscribe to. So I'm like, well, that's stupid. I'm not going from 1 to 3 and then back to 2 again. So I've, I've put that on hold until I can find 2 somewhere. But I think I'm going to go original Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, I don't watch much Wes Craven either. So I had to go to his IMDb page just to make, just to see. And it's a bit of a stretch because he didn't write this one, but he did direct it. And it's not a traditional Wes Craven by any stretch of the imagination. He is the director 
of my one of my favorite vampire movies, A Vampire in Brooklyn, starring Eddie Murphy. Oh, is he? <laughs> oh, I didn't realize he was the director of that one. And I love that movie. It is a great, just silly vampire movie. I love it. I remember that one. So I'm going to go with Vampire in Brooklyn. Okay. I'm gonna, I am going to be as concise with this one as I was verbose with the other one. I haven't seen a lot of his movies, so I really can't hazard a guess. The stuff I've seen, I've enjoyed. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't really have much in the way of, oh, that's my favorite mm-hmm. kind of thing. Well, question number three, what is your favorite movie with a killer alien slash mutant of some kind? Mine's easy, Alien. I'd have to second that. I I, I can't think of anything else. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I suppose of, of if I had to specify, I'd say Aliens. Okay. Um, I, I really dug that one. I'd have to go with one of the spookiest movies I think I've ever watched, and it's still, even just thinking about it, puts a chill down my spine. Event Horizon. Oh, oh see. Okay. I, hmm. Is that an alien? Yeah, it's got to be something. Okay. I thought it was a demon. Well, demon, alien. Okay. I All right. I, I, I give it to you. I give it it may you. be stretching the definition, but it came from outer space. Gosh okay. darn it. What? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it did. And that's one of the reasons I don't want to ever go to space. How about it? Is because of that movie that I, mm-hmm. ugh. I was, yeah. I don't, I don't remember what I was looking at the other day, but that movie showed Ooh. up. It might've been Amazon prime or one of the other things. And I happened to be looking through and that movie came up as one of the options. And I was like, no, I might've even thrown the remote. Yeah. Just, that's bad <laughs> news, man. You got to uh-uh. watch that with the sun out, the lights on a no, blanket. And a- when we, okay. So Pat, you've got about eight years until we get to that one. I know. Cause that's, you guys have just done nothing but oh, talk right. about that one and how I, I think it's 97. I think it's 97. Yeah, it sounds right. right. Okay. Yes, it is. Okay. I have so, it up in my IMDb right now. Okay. So, um, Pat, when it comes time to watch that one, why don't we just watch it together? Yeah. Watch it with somebody, brother. Because why don't okay. we, I think we should just do that. I we think should we should all, all get together. It. I think we can all get together and, and yes. at someone's house, we'll watch that together. So there's safety in numbers. And then we can maybe talk about it if we're able to speak when it's all done. I mean, okay. The cast is awesome. Lawrence Fishburne, oh, yeah. Sam Neill, Jason Isaacs. I mean, it is some serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Kathleen Quinlan. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good stuff, but man. Oh. Yeesh. It, it, you know what it does, Pat? It goes kind of to what I said when we talked about Leviathan. It okay. never shows the thing. Okay. And that's what makes it spooky. <laughs> like, Got it. You know, Leviathan, once you see the rubbery faces, you're like, oh, okay. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Never shows a thing. No. Yeah. All right. Can't wait for that one. Yeah. All right. We got eight years. I got eight years to build up enough courage to watch that one again. And I think I, do I own a copy of it? I don't think I own a copy of it. I think I think just to keep the bad mojo out of the house. I was house, gonna say I, I don't I think don't. I could see the spine of that DVD staring out at me from a shelf. I don't know if it would work for me. It well, it used to. I used to have it on VHS, but I don't think I've replaced it. I I I don't know. I might have done some kind of ceremony to send it back to the netherworld from whence it came, but mm. no, I don't think I own that one on DVD. <sighs> totally off 
schedule because this should have come up at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. But I am on IMDb and the little ad wrapper Mm -hmm. advertising something that is on right now on HBO. Um, Tonight, I believe, is the premiere of His Dark Materials based on the um, universe that the Golden Compass movie was from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool. New things that are on television. Uh, question number four, which kind of, cause this is kind of a running theme with some of these movies, which kind of research or salvage crew would you rather work on space from alien, the Arctic, the thing or underwater Leviathan. So if you had to work as some kind of a research or salvage crew, would you rather be in space, the Arctic or underwater? I got to say Arctic. At least you can breathe there. Correct. That is the only correct answer. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Like, I'm like, I, I you know, yeah, so it gets cold. Just mm-hmm. put more layers on, you know. Right, I like mean, the only thing between me and death is this little pane of glass. I don't even know. No, Because yeah. <laughs> the, other, the other two are too claustrophobic. It's either space right. and there's nowhere else to go. And they're a little suit. Mm-hmm. And, that, okay. and granted, the thing is probably going to catch me. But at the very least, I mean, if I'm outside, like, running in the... St- well, again, we've established I'm not going to run. I'm just going to turn right. and fight and, you know, end and, it quickly. Right. But, you know, but chances are know. someone else is going to get away because we're going to turn and fight. <laughs> Correct. Like I may trip somebody so that it catches them first, and that at sure. least gives me a little bit of a head start to get away. But if I'm in space, I'm no, I'm dead. If I'm underwater, I'm dead. Yeah, I, I think the Arctic is the only correct answer here. But if you have a different answer, you know, feel free. That's what I got. Okay. All right. Uh, then finally, question number five. In movies where military type characters have nicknames, what's your favorite nickname? So if we have to, if we, if we broaden it to TV, mm-hmm. I have a couple. If we okay. stick to movies, I have, I have one, but I'll wait till the end on that one. No, you could do, you could do TV. Oh, well then there was a show called The Unit and it was all about a, 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 seal, a SEAL team style unit. Mm-hmm. One of the guys, his nickname was Cool Breeze. Pat, you're a Top Gun fan. What's your favorite nickname? I, th- you got that. I mean, I am, I, it, I, I, I tried to come up with something, you know, and I'm like, uh, you know, and I went through like Full Metal Jacket, the one guy, Animal Mother, you know. I mean, like, I don't even know. I mean, that that cracks me up and everything like that, um, you know. And I went through all the different ones, and then I wanted to like just have a reason to talk about Dunkirk again. So mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, those three Spitfires, Fortis. Fortis one, Fortis two, you know that. But then I'm like, well, that I just got to go with Maverick and Goose. I mean, even growing up, go. growing up, I mean, that was that was just great, Maverick and Goose. I mean, mm-hmm. I, that was that was my first introduction that you know that you had call signs. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, it was. Uh, um, that's that's just that's just awesome. I think just. In terms of the the call sign itself, I, I think one of my favorites, and and I would just be curious to know the backstory of how he got this name. Um, but I always thought Jester from Top Gun, yeah, was just kind of a fun nickname, fun call sign for him. Uh, the one, uh, if if I was going to be a little bit funnier with this, I would go with Dan the Man Levitan from uh, Good Morning Vietnam. Yes. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, no, I I think I I Jester, and I, I would just. Knowing, and, and I'm pretty certain it was a sarcastic call sign, uh-huh. but uh, knowing that, uh, you know, Ironside is is the jester, I'm like, I would be very curious to know how he got that name. I've heard some, you know, I've seen some documentaries and stuff, and they're like, yeah, my call sign's this, and, and uh, you know, like they said, uh, 
you know, someone dropped the hint uh, or dropped the thing that said, yeah, you don't usually get to pick your call sign. It's you do something stupid and it becomes your call sign. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us for Leviathan and Shocker. So um, very, very quickly before we do go, and sometimes I I forget to do this, so I'm going to try not to forget to do it tonight. Uh, So, gentlemen, if you had to give, let's start with Leviathan. If you had to give Leviathan a score out of five, uh, what would you give Leviathan? If it was, uh, let's say, out of five severed tentacles, how many severed tentacles would you give Leviathan? I'd I'd give it two. Okay. Yeah, I think that's what I would say, two. It's not terrible. The acting holds it a little. Mm-hmm. It's the ripoff of Alien. Yeah. And it's the end. It's the end when they're all sitting there and suddenly the sharks come up and you get a minute of sharks swimming by people's legs and then mm-hmm. the sharks run and then the thing pops up and you get a minute of that thing and screaming and pulling people into the water and then the grenade. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of real. And, 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 and then he slugs the gal in the head. And it's right. like in the face. It's like, really, guy? I mean, like, was it just you're like, oh, we got to get these things in? Like, why? Why right. is it? Why? Yeah. All right. Uh, what about Shocker? Uh, out of five possessed remote controls, what would you give Shocker? About three remote controls and half a tub of popcorn. Oh, okay. Yeah, I go, I go with that. <laughs> so for a total of three and a half. Yeah. Okay, that's exactly what I gave it to. So. Yeah, I go with that as well. All right. We're 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 nothing if not consistent here on the 30-something movie podcast. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right. Well, like I said, that's going to do it for us this time around. So if you want to reach out to us, we are. you can go to our website, 30podcast.com. We're on Twitter, at 30podcast. Most of the social medias, we're at at 30podcast. Our voicemail line, if you want to call in, we've had a few people call in lately, uh, is 872-356-6843. We'd love to hear from you. Um, our next episode's coming up. We will, even though this is coming out the first week of November, uh, we will getting we will be getting to our official November movies. We're doing The Abyss, Back to the Future 2, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. All that is coming up in November? It, what's that? I said all of that is coming up in November. All of that is coming up in November. Oh my goodness. November is a, and, and we've, we've had a few of our listeners, you know, not that they're saying like, well, the, the show's gone downhill, but, um, you know, we had wow. some listeners comment and say, it's been a bit of a rough patch of movies. And, and I will absolutely be one of the first ones to admit that this time this year, these movies for Halloween for the month of October, this was probably the first time that I had not really seen any of them. Mm-hmm. So it was a slog I, this time through. I was, yeah, it was. And I was, I was going into these and I really tried to go into these without looking up too much before watching them and before, you know, putting them on the list. I just, when we put the list together, I was like, okay, well, these tend to be ones that are pretty well known or these get, um, you know, I, I'd look up some websites and they'd say things like, you know, top 10 horror movies from the late eighties and I'm like, okay, well, this one's on here. So let's put it on the list. But man, this October was it was really, I'd like to say it's hit or miss, but it was a whole bunch of misses and, and maybe like one or one and a half hits. So yeah, it was, um, it's, it's been in October. Well, but we're in November now we're in November now and November is the abyss back to the future Two, bill and Ted and star Trek five, which yeah. I don't know if star Trek five fits in well with that, but. Oh, star Trek five is wonderful. It's, I mean, it's it, it has, it has <laughs> fun moments. Honestly, I have a completely newfound respect for that movie. Okay. So I just emailed you all 
um, a link to a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, some guys I like to listen to who do my Star Trek The Next Generation and Deep Space Nine podcast also do a war movie podcast I think I've brought up a few times in the past. Yeah. So they did Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, nice. They had a little fun with it. I, I think I put the caveat in there. If Raiders is something that is so near and dear to your heart that you can't stand it to be poked fun at, maybe don't listen because they do do that. Um, but I thought it was a very good take on it. They did a they did a live show of Star Trek Five, mm-hmm. and I was not expecting. I was expecting them to just rip it down. They found some real interesting things to say about it. And I was, to say I have a newfound interest in that movie is, is, is putting it mildly. Well, now I'm all, like, I'm all curious. I mean, John, I, I don't want to, I mean, you're in command there. And, and Bo, I don't know if you're at liberty to say, but can you kind of. Uh, they sort of went into the, high points or. Well, they wanted to, they focused at one point, and they do a really good job of segmenting their show, um, where they talk about messages, morals, and meanings. And Yeah, believe me, there's a lot of production issues with Star Trek V. I mean, mm-hmm. we could go on. Um, but they took a few minutes to focus on the whole aspect of God and and not what does he need with a starship, although they did mention that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they just took a, some time to focus on the the whole aspect of pain and do you need your pain? Does that make you who you are? And some of the like heavier themes of that movie that it's really easy not to want to pick up on because the movie itself is so cornball half the time. Mm-hmm. And it's so cheesy in places. But if you strip away some of that, like there is some powerful stuff there. Oh no! For, for as much as I make fun of it, it's it's got some pretty deep stuff for a Star Trek movie. It does some stuff really that no does, other Star Trek movie does. Agree, and that's a that's a perfect way. That's the way they put it. They're like, no yeah. other movie touches on some of this, and you you kick back for a minute, and you're like, you know, Star Trek Five may be the most like an episode of the original series of yeah. any of those movies. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And it was just, it was one of those, I'm, I'm sitting there and I, I tend to listen to these in my car when I'm driving somewhere. And I just kind of had one of those moments, like you're sitting, you're, you know, you're by yourself, you're sitting in your car and you just sort of go, huh. Yeah. I guess I never really processed it like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah, lot I, more going on there. I can't wait to watch it again now mm-hmm. after hearing that. Well, I remember watching it. I, I think I watched it maybe about a year ago. It's probably about a year ago. And that was the first time in several years that I've watched it. And I knew going into it, like, you know, everybody makes fun of it. Uh, oh yeah. And for, rightfully for so. Don't get me wrong. There right. Oh no, there's, there's plenty, of of, there. plenty of reasons to make fun of that movie. But, um, I remember watching it and I remember thinking that I was like, you know what? There's, there's a lot more going on. Like there is definitely stuff. I, I, I like having him put that way that it's most like the, the original series. Cause now that you said that, I'm like, yeah, it totally is. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on that yeah the other movies just don't they don't pick up on some of that they don't they don't go that route and it's just if nothing else if you wanted to just say you know what they have they have these movies that are you know two three and four it's all part of a story um, right it's then, a trilogy it's its own thing yeah yeah and then you know you've got these other these other movies that are part of the larger 
mythology of the humans versus Klingons and, and all this stuff or, or bridging the gap between original and next generation. But then Star Trek five just kind of in, in some ways, I almost think Star Trek five fits really well also with the Star Trek, the motion picture. Yes. That they just, they have a similar, and, and maybe that's why people don't like them as much mm-hmm. is, you know, Star Trek, the motion picture. I think of that one as being, it just, it feels like a very, for a Star Trek movie, a very slow moving movie if we ever do but a... it deals with a lot of kind of heavy stuff and and five is not as slow moving but it's got some like you said cornball stuff but it still deals with some fairly heavy stuff if we ever do a, another movies we missed i might do the motion picture okay because i just when it played uh it uh fathom events just did it okay recently um and we went and saw it and sidebar Boo to you, Fathom Events, A, for not showing the director's cut, B, for not even getting a good print. I mean, it was terrible. Mm. But that's not the point here. (laughs) But it's another one where you start to explore the themes of that. Mm -hmm. That this this probe that we sent off has now returned to us after gathering the knowledge of the universe. Ooh, there's your possession movie. Right? Well, Pat mentioned it. Yeah. He mentioned oh, did you idea, mention it? and that yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, 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 I you did. did. You did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And 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 now it has all of this knowledge, but it doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah. So it's come back to say, help me deal with this, because the raw knowledge isn't all you need to be a a a, a being. Mm-hmm. It needs more, and it knows where to get it. Yeah. And that, that just. Maybe it's just being older. Maybe it's hearing other people talk about it, but it definitely puts those two movies in a different perspective. Yeah. All right. Well, and if you're also looking way ahead, if you want to get on into December, uh, we have got December is going to be a great one too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Christmas vacation. Say um, anything. When yeah. Harry met Sally. And then of course the rise of Skywalker. Oh, oh wow. But just Christmas vacation. And when Harry met Sally is enough to keep me interested. Oh, can't see the line. Can you? Can't see the line. Can you? Yeah. God, I love that movie. Oh, I mean, that's, that's it every year, Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Got to watch at least once. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this time around. So thank you, Bo. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, thank John. John. We will see you all back here next time for The Abyss. And then get yourselves ready for Back to the Future 2, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and Star Trek Five. One of the um, best months of November you've ever had. I know. I know. I'm really <laughs> looking. After the after the movies we've had lately, I'm kind of looking forward to getting into November and December. It's going to be a good way to end the year and end the 80s. Yeah, really from what? From Little Monsters on, with the exception of the Joker. Mm-hmm. Oof, it's, uh, Yeah, it's... um. <laughs> It's yeah. yeah. And actually you could go back to no <laughs> old bard and dream a little dream and mm-hmm. it, it's been a rough go. Yeah. It's it, we've watched a lot of junk lately. Yeah. I think I the think November uh, and December are going to, to, uh, to redeem 1989. These are our, these are our palate cleansers before we finish out the eighties. Right. So, all right. Well, everybody, Be excellent to each other, go watch some good movies, and we will see you back here next time. Good night, everybody.